All right, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Look Mum, I'm Hustling, the podcast. This is us. Yes, we're back. Um, we we have to make a stance right here, right now. We're not to mention episode numbers again. It's just so, no. it's like a little bit cringy, but it's also like no one cares. Yeah. And it's just us uh, trying to big up ourselves, yeah. essentially. Anyone tuning in, doesn't matter what number we're up to, but we did the milestone last week. Oof. I know, I know. It's uh, not going to mention it, but we predicted the future. I'm just saying we might be psychic. A little bit. We did a little bit. Well, there is a $200 million lotto next week, so Ooh. maybe we could just guess some numbers right here, right now. Yep, yep. All right. I've got the feeling we might be able to win. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's how many numbers do we need? There's probably like six or seven, so give me a number. All right. I'm going to oh, – you always want to pick your lucky numbers, right? So I'm going to – so 18 is one of them. 18, yep. yep. Um, you go one. Um, I'm going to go two. 73. Oh, I don't, I, Can you pick that high? I think that's a too high a number. Um, all right, I'm going to go 22. I'm mm-hmm. going to go 8. 31. I'm going to go, oh, it's, a, it's quite a close range of numbers. I'm going to say um, 19. I'm just going to just, what do you feel? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. You get the, pick the Powerball number. All right, 4. 4, all right. Take a photo of that. We'll, we are, we'll put a Pick those a ticket numbers. On. 18, 2, 22, 8, 31, 19, and 4. Mm-hmm. Fingers Fingers and toes crossed. Yeah, fingers and toes. Can anyone cr- probably sit to somebody on Ripley's Believe It or Not or whatever that can cross their toes? You think it's that dramatic of a, a <laughs> skill? It's going to be on Ripley's. <laughs> Out of the 8 billion people, there's a Be- one person that can do cross their toes. Believe it or not. <laughs> uh, if you could be on Ripley's, what would you be doing? Now, what, um, what would you, obviously, we don't have any dramatic or, you know, super unique skills. Mm-hmm. What skill would you want to have to make Ripley's? Just trying to think because it's like some of it was like creepy stuff, right? Like it was going into the deep dive stories. Um, I don't know, like like levitating or something like that. Believe it or not, yeah. I like the guys with the um. um, I mean, I like them. I guess just to save ourselves the torment of me pondering for too long. The guys with the super long nails. (laughs) You seen those guys? Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 And they're like a meter and a half long fingernails. Yep. Or, and they're always in India or something. No, yeah, some no kind offense, of. Um, but like they generally are. Well, it's like the the monk kind of Buddhist. It's like the. I suppose, yeah. It's like the. Um, is it just a form of stoicism? Stoicism discipline. Like this is my discipline. This is like my sacrifice. Like I'm going to be just growing this. I'm going to be like, it's not stagnant, but like, you know, the, you know, the people that just like sit in one spot for like 300,000 hours. Yeah. 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 So they literally they just, you just crawl and just scrape behind them. Yeah. It'd be good for plowing a field. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Or you see the, you know, the girls with like the really long nails and they're trying to like open stuff or like drink water and they're like just, they're like, they're, if you can yeah, watch the got, video version, you can, I'll try and pretend I have really long nails. They got nothing just, on Ripley's guys. I know. You just like trying gotta, to hold gotta, something. We've got to see one just for visual reference. No, Ripley it's kinda, longest fingernails. Jalal, like eighty-two, recently retired. His, he recently retired his fingernails to Ripley's. Oh, he gave him gave him up oh. uh, after growing them for sixty-six years. They had a combined measurement, so it's kind of a cop-out measure. Like we want to know the measurement of one. You can't yeah. just adding them up like <laughs> false statistic. Um, his thumbnail was the longest, seventy-seven inches or oh, two meters. Oh my god! And I like get upset when I break a nail. Could you imagine when like if this person breaks nails? Only one hand. Oh, man. I guess you'd need the other Two hand meters. to like eat If you don't have shivers down your spine right now, you're not human. No. Look at this, man. Fire Why? Up. I don't know. Something. I wonder if it takes supplements. I know you, um, like hair's made out, the fingernails are made out of the same keratin, right? Yeah. Um, as hair. So you'd have to. You'd probably be able to take some supplements to make them grow faster. You'd have to. Or like, do they just like keep growing and then they just, um, 
I don't know, like uh, they just is, become stronger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, each creepy. for their own. To me, right, a little creepy. Let me know in the comments. Sound <laughs> off in the comments. Uh, long, two meter long fingernails, creepy <gasps> or not? I mean, look, this one's curled up. It's like a snail. A snail. They just like curl it up because it'd be soft at one point. You know how like you you know washing the dishes or whatever, and be, your hands get no. I reckon a bit soft. they'd be hard. I reckon they'd be rock hard like a tortoise shell. Oh no, but like you can make it soft, so like they'll probably just curl. It. Oh my god, ew! <laughs> All right, I'm switching that over. Doing, like, you know how you do the love with your love. Uh, yeah, sign with your you hands. Do with Just nails. do it with your nails. Yeah, yeah make love heart symbol, <laughs> nail art, two point oh. Ripley's. <laughs> there was always Ripley's, and then it had um like the Superman dude from like Lois and Clark was like one of the hosts at one point, right? What's his name? Can't even remember. Didn't he? Um, and I've been getting the Supermans mixed up. Lois and Clark. That was one of my favorite shows back in the Lois day. Lois and Clark. Yep. Superman. Um. No, you're thinking of Christopher Reeves. Yes. Yeah. But no, this is the the newer one. Well, not too new. I mean, it's no. 1993. Mm-hmm. Dean Kane. That's his name. And I just remember, like, the first episode. It's just, like, vivid in my mind for some reason of, like, when he moves to Metropolis and, like, he's doing up his place and, like, Lois, like, knocks on the door and he opens it up and everything's, like, not painted and stuff. And she comes back two seconds later and the house is all, like, painted and stuff. And he's just like, whoops. <laughs> Mega Milf Terry Hatcher. Yes. Because she was on, like, Desperate Housewives and stuff. Oh, Desperate. Right? I was pretty into Desperate Housewives for a while. I guess I'm it was just, surprised. like, it was just. Six milfs hanging out all the time. Getting, yeah, drama. Getting involved in murders and things. Mm-hmm. How can you go wrong with that? No. I was a big Smallville fan. Love Smallville. All right. You're into teens. I'm into mums, apparently. <laughs> and uh, look, mum, we are hustling. Yes, that's us. We're here. All right. Today. What's happening this week? Um, There's actually been a little bit going on. Like, we can either- We buy coffees this morning. This is- we're, I know. We're, uh, we're really hustling because we're not paying look, mom, someone- Look, mum, we're uh, pinching pennies. <laughs> Well, with the economy the way it's going, Ooh. we might be pinching more than pennies. <laughs> but home coffee's just as good. We don't always just have milk lying around. Not milk, but like oat milk because we're fancy. So I'm going to shut down this Terry Hatchard tab. No, that's right. You're getting distracted. Yep. You're like, oh, what is Terry Hatchard up to? <laughs> I'd take my $200 million and go and visit Terry. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we'll both. We'll go. We'll go both. Yeah, visit you can there. sit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Do my own thing. Um. Coffee, well, yeah. Yeah, coffee's good. Um, but yeah, there's things that are going on. So obviously there was like the Golden Globes. Um, that's that was always like kind of interesting. Ago. I know. We're super, no, like, that's we're not, too behind? Yes. We're, yeah, we're not living under that many rocks. That's fair. Um, there's <laughs> been some more like tech layoffs. It seems to be happening all the time. But no, the interesting. This is where everyone's, I know in the eBay world, everyone's kind of cr- crying mm-hmm. wolf about it. Yeah. Happened last year. We did a whole episode about tech layoffs. Yeah. Well, there's the Microsoft one. It's just um, the January thing. It's people, companies rather, um, doing layoffs mm. to cut expenses to, for the new year. Well, for the new year and, um, you know, different quarter earnings and reports and mm-hmm. being beholden to, to shareholders and things like that. It's, I guarantee if we went back every year, because we've been doing this podcast not that long. Yeah. And I guarantee if we went back every January, there's layoffs every January. Yeah, potentially, because I know we talked about a huge one. It's just, yeah, the Microsoft one, they've just had that valuation and they just laid off people from the gaming so that because they've acquired Activision and stuff, yep. so they've laid off people within those particular areas. So they've acquired it and they're like, uh, we don't need you guys, so we're going to, you know, just lay off some people. Or unless if they acquired it, they'd be like, yo, you're spending too much on employees. you got to let some of them go. Well, these companies that are worth billions of dollars, they're so nuanced. We can't even begin to fathom the decision-making that goes into it or anything. Mm. You know, you, we make a couple of hundred thousand dollars selling things. Yeah. And, and we, we can't really have a, an idea of what it's like to operate that business with thousands of employees and, mm-hmm. you know, a publicly traded stock and everything like that. 
Yeah, so we've got to I'm not going to sit here and speculate and sound dumb for an hour. No, let me see. Cause 20 like, minutes maybe? Not an hour. <laughs> not an hour. Because um, the evaluation was like pretty crazy that they did. Um, where is the thing it? is, they, they eBay did the same thing. They laid off, I think, 1,000 people, 9% of their workforce. Yeah. It's not like they're going to lay off. Like, it's a very strategic move. They're not going to lay off people without running the numbers of, like, the manpower and things needed to operate that business. Mm-hmm. So they obviously lay off an amount that they can think they can manage without. Yeah, so it was 1,900 Activision, Blizzard, Xbox staff in one day after a $3 trillion evaluation. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Video games, man. Look at Grand Theft Auto we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Goes off, pops off. Pops as they off. say, pops oh, off. Man, the comments on the on the uh, Grand Theft Auto shorts and TikToks, people yeah. are pretty. They're, like, they're passionate, you could say. <laughs> Very passionate. Yeah. Um. Even the uh, Stanley Cups, people are just like people are like someone called someone a sheep, like they're sheep for like following all the Stanley Cup hype. Us sheep. No, I don't know. They're calling like the people that are after all the hype around the Stanley Cups and yes. stuff as well. There is a lot of um. The, the drinking cup, not the uh, hockey cup. Yes. <laughs> Oh, just the comments on TikTok are hilarious. Yeah. And look at us. You know, look at us doing our shorts and stuff like we wanted to. Yeah, let's not get into that because it's uh, we're behind on where we want to be. Mm-hmm. We could be, so I don't want to talk about it. Fair enough. Yeah. We want to keep a positive mindset, PMA. That's positive pos- mental attitude. Po- positive mindset, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Positive mental attitude, positive mindset. Well, positive mindset would be positive PMS. That's already taken, unfortunately. <laughs> let's rebrand it. Yeah, let's rebrand it. PMS. Um, so what, um, let's um, hit some topics. What's happening this week? Yeah, so- Golden Globes from is from literally three weeks ago, and we mm-hmm. missed that boat. So let's um, skip that one. Yep. So got Oscar nominations, but again, that's kind of boring. Um, interesting, because I know you talked about tennis on your own podcast, Djokovic. Um, Djokovic. Djokovic. Sounds like a gay porn star, Dokovic. No, the, everyone knows who he is anyway. Um, lost. Um, but the one thing that I thought was really interesting about it, he was um, when he kind of explained, like, look, I like played my worst game ever, just the sportsmanship around it. Because, like, you know, he's won so much, right? And these people that have won so much or have, like, is, like, number one in the world, right, for tennis or whatever, could have a massive ego knowing that the number one, but he didn't. He was, like, super humble about it. He's, like, look, I played my worst game. They played at their best. Like, I concede, you know, like, he's that self-reflective enough yeah. to well, he's realize. Super rich. I think he's worth, like, $300 million or something. Well, we're looking the other day about how much all the Opens were worth. Like yeah, the- so it's three, I think it's $3 million prize money for the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but Djokovic is a fan favourite just because yes. he's been. I think he won the last ten of the last ten of the last fifteen Australian Opens. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously he's out now. Uh, but he's a fan favourite. But he got a lot of backlash because he wasn't getting uh, the vaccine. Oh yeah, they wouldn't let him into the country. Yeah. That. Like literally a couple of games ago, someone yelled out during one of his serves. Mm-hmm. I think he had match point. He was about to win. Yeah, and someone like yelled out, "Get vaccinated!" And oh. he just like. Looked up in the crowd and then came through and just aced the other person to win the game. Yeah, just like a just like a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things like the Le- LeBron James type thing. He's loved, he's kind of loved so much. But I mean, I mean, LeBron James is kind of hated at the same time. Djokovic is not really that hated. Mm-hmm. There's some people in media and stuff that don't like him because of the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, you can only be at the top of your game for so long. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, you have to. Have a fourth from grace. You do. So if you're a, a gambling person, do you just every year just top make, yourself? Make, yeah, we'll make that bet that he's going to lose because sooner or later mm-hmm. he's going to slip and it's going to be some uh, younger player, better player that's going to trump him. So 
every year you just bet against him and eventually you will win. Yeah, there'll be so much pressure, right? Like Pretty just lose money for 20 years first though. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but there was just so much pressure and I just, I just think I don't for think someone- it has pressure. Oh, you'd have like, you put that, I guess, pressure kind of on yourself to be like, I want to perform my best. And then I guess just some days you just don't have it, your best. I think at that level, because you've done it so many times- if it was the second or third time and he was trying to win, I think there would be pressure. After 10 times, you already know you're great. You just have to not slip up. Like last mm-hmm. night was the women's final and um, Sabalenka won. It was her, she won last year and th- she won this year. Mm-hmm. And like comparing that to Djokovic, I imagine, yeah, after 10 or so wins and the grand slam of just the Oz Open is one, let alone everything else is one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'd be that much pressure. It'd be pressure, but it wouldn't be like – like your life's depending on it, your career, your legacy is depending on it. Sabalenka was her second year, so basically defending that Oz Open that title. title. Yeah. And even her in her second year and all her post-match uh, interviews was basically like the only mission was like going out there, having fun, not stressing, not having the pressure. So if you can get that mindset early on after mm-hmm. that first win, then you, you have a winning mentality anyway. Like as soon as you start stressing about it, the pressure to perform, the pressure to um, – hold the title again to win the championship again, that's where the unraveling begins. So mm. it's it's um that comes down to a lot of like the coaching and the sports psychologists and stuff you work with. But yeah, it's I don't think he would have that much. It's more just I don't know what it is. It's just perform. Just you've done the reps. You've won mm-hmm. so many tournaments. You're playing all around the world. You're financially set. You know, just go to practice, get your reps in and then perform on the bigger stage, mm-hmm. that that's probably the hardest thing is performing in front of the people. But there's just so many reps involved. And when they're 25, 30, 35, and they've been doing it since they were seven, how mm-hmm. many times have they hit that ball? Oh, yeah, for and sure. It's more than 10,000 hours. It's probably 30,000. A million hours. Like it's, yeah. I don't know. I probably, the math doesn't add up probably. <laughs> but way more. Like 10,000 hours to mm-hmm. mastery, this is like beyond that. Yeah, I could I could see that. Like it's just based then on like pure skill and then like mental aptitude. Like you just got to have that mental strength to be able to I guess play for bloody like 3 4 5 6 hours. Yeah, some games are very long. Yeah, so so long and just have the stamina. So you just have to be like I guess peak athletic performance and then you'd be able to I don't know, just like rely on that skill and be like, look, I'm at the peak of what I can be. As long as I make like good shots and stuff, I have a chance. They play for so long. It's kind of crazy. And they actually have to wait like hours for the the preceding game to finish before they can even start. They're just hanging out, stretching out. It's kind of like you've got to be ready Mm -hmm. to go, but also ready to wait and chill. So you have to stay focused for hours before you even get on the field. What if they take like magic mind? You, You know what? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because you don't want like caffeine, right? Because caffeine can kind of make you. Well, yeah, you'd burn out fast. Because yeah. when you see them um, having their little intermission breaks between sets, they're usually just drinking water or having some like, like electrolytes, like a marathon runner would kind of yeah. have just for some quick glucose. Or like, yeah, that liquid, like it looks like a liquid yogurty type thing, but it's more of probably just like a protein shot or whatever, yeah, right? They yeah. wouldn't be, yeah, coffee. You'd probably the last thing you'd want. Yeah, 
well, like, I guess if you had, like, a magic mind yeah. with, like, matcher. So and- maybe we should just drink some magic mind and see if we can be all-stars. Oh, could you imagine? Be I like, you have a magic mind and you're just great at, like, sports. Or, like, you know what? The, the tennis uh, companion. Have you ever played tennis? Um, I have in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and I used to have a friend in, like, year eight, year nine. And she played, like, tennis all the time. Um, it's just, like, a sport and a hobby and, like, was taking it very seriously at that time. But it takes a lot of skill and like a lot of it just takes a lot of energy as well it's stressful trying to just just serving alone mm-hmm. and getting it within the square is stressful oh 100 percent. you see like the power that they use to just serve the ball like the men's insane they're going so fast 200 kilometers an hour it's insane how fast it, it requires is requires a lot of discipline dedication and mm-hmm. focus yeah so that's where a magic mind can kind of come it in could come in it could could, could help you because yeah. Um, one thing that Magic Mind will do is kind of just balance out mm-hmm. the uh, the stress and the, the anxiety and things a little bit in your life. It gives you a, a nice little hit of L-theanine, mm-hmm. some, uh, some matcha, and just give you a nice steady flow of energy. Mm-hmm. Get your mind thinking, get your sentences forming. Yeah, and it's got that little bit of like sweetness in it as well. So if you just need, you know, you're dehydrated and you just need that little bit of a pick me up, that's like where this kind of comes in handy. Mm. So I, I feel just like I'd ace you right now after drinking that. <laughs> we could go into a tennis match and see who's going to win. It's probably going to be you. You're yeah, probably you're uh, a little bit more athletic than I am. I'd be I'm very a bit aggressive. Unco. I'd be slamming it right at your feet. <laughs> you're very competitive, and I'm just like, yay, go team. <laughs> so yeah, Magic Mind, great little. Uh, juice energy shots. Mm-hmm. Um, they, call it, they call it a productivity shot. And I yeah. wish we had more of them because I, mm-hmm. I think we should drink it at the start of the episode because ah. we usually have it right halfway through. Yeah. And then it kind of kicks in right when the episode's finishing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm chilled out. I kind of just want to <laughs> put my feet up instead of going to edit the episode and doing all the work. Yeah. Uh, but it's got uh, matcher in there for a nice little release of caffeine, very mm-hmm. slow release. Yeah, the lion's mane just helps with that, you know, mental clarity. It's mm. really, really, there's heaps of science backing how good um, lion's mane lion's is for mane, you. Lion's mm. mane, some nootropics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic Mind, yeah, you can um, visit magicmind.com forward slash LMIH and mm-hmm. get a bit of a discount or you can enter in LMIH20 for a 20% off little discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get yourself some magic. You can visit them at Sprouts as well. If you're in the States, you can visit Sprouts. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing so much stuff on Instagram I'm I'm kind of getting stuck in the Instagram reels, just yeah. watching a lot of them, um, and I'm in this whole food. I get so much food and recipe stuff. Yes, you're like, like knee deep in your food. Yeah, <laughs> shopping and the amount of times that people people see see people it hasn't kicked in yet because I'm mumbling my words still. <laughs> um, that are addicted to sprouts and just going to sprouts and spending all of their pay. Mm-hmm. It's like a great little um, like like organic kind of little yeah. shopping. Shopping grocer. We don't really have those here. Mm-hmm. No, not, we've not, got... not, a, not, a, not a franchise one anyway. Like Harris Farm might be one of the closest ones potentially, but yeah, but they're not all over. It's, there's one no. in. There's one to serve five million people basically. Yeah, well, you just have. We just have mainly have like the little mum and pop kind of like grocers, and you have like the homemade sort of stuff, or just like the local produce that are in there. So local people that make like you know peanut butter or just local honey. Yeah, like that Australians kind of thing. are a bit behind the time. Maybe we could start a franchise of. Um, Organics, yes. Organic grocer. Yeah, that could be cool because you only can really get it online. Like, and it's very, very hard to try and find that sort of, I guess, healthy, limited ingredients. Stuff online that's ones, good but for yeah, you. No, no brick and mortar ones. Maybe we could mm-hmm. do like a a food truck Ooh. version. Well, remember, I did have a 
idea ages ago when you were, because you've always been into food and like you have a nutrition degree and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Food's really been in, into me. Yeah. Um, but Drew's Delights, like just making kind of like healthy sort of dessert treats. Who, Dr- what? Drew's Delights delivers. <laughs> Don't like the name. <laughs> Don't like almost, the alliteration. There's almost too much alliteration going on. Da, da, da. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. But yeah, it could be cool. We could make some good healthy stuff. I made brownies no, the other day. No, not make it. Just sell it. Buy oh. and sell. Flip it. We're resellers. Oh, that's true. Find someone who does it well and then be like, yo, we can sell this for you. Yeah. Yeah. Make a little bit of profit. Cut us in. Be mm-hmm. the middleman. Mm-hmm. Could do that. Talking about man's. Man's. Talking about talking about men's? Yeah, I was watching um, Tony Robbins. I mentioned him on my podcast, Double Shot, on my channel a couple of weeks ago, and he's doing his three-day online seminar, online mm. summit. Basically, you can just tune in for three days straight. Yeah, and get actually about- heard about that through Theo Vaughn. Like, Theo Vaughn had him on, and he was kind of, like, promoting his three-day seminar that was free. He does them all the time. Um, you can watch them for free on YouTube. They probably won't be up for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the third day was on today. And it's basically because his whole philosophy is to do like a th- – when you go to one of his seminars, it's basically three or four days, 12-hour mm-hmm. days. His whole concept and mindset is deep immersion rather than just doing a little 30-minute uh, workbook every day and trying to like slowly progress. It's like come for 12 hours straight mm-hmm. and you're just like so deeply immersed in it that you don't have time to – get distracted or be interested in other things, mm-hmm. uh, which you can do if you're, I don't know, you're learning a different skill or a language or um, anything like that. You do a li- like a little bit every day and you sort of mm-hmm. build slowly. This is like batching mm-hmm. to change your entire life and mindset. So it's kind of that, but in little three-hour chunks, which is not really his model, but mm-hmm. it makes sense online. People really don't want to sit there for 12 hours with their computer. Yeah. Um, so I think it was three days, three hours each. Mm-hmm. And something I was telling you about last night was something interesting on the first day um, that I was curious about. A lot of it is just him telling stories to like get to the point. It'll be a 20-minute story about mm-hmm. um, like someone he grew up with or he learned from one of his mentors back in the day to then finally get to a point where you take action. Yeah. Well, the whole thing, right, is – sorry to interrupt, but it's just the – numbers don't sell like stories do so like he could put out scientific stats and be like if you do this and this and this it's scientifically proven to work but he's like no one's really going to listen to that so let me tell a story on how you can get there touch that emotional base to like Mm kind of open their heart or their mind to then receive what you're about to implant or the knowledge or insight you're about to give to them Mm -hmm. um so something i was telling you about last night i'm just looking up here it's not his model or anything it looks like it's um was created by Carl Jung, mm-hmm. who's like a like one of the most famous um, philosophers. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of different sort of examples. I'm trying to find a, a simple explanation of it. But this concept of everyone has these four archetypes. Mm-hmm. A lot of it here is saying male, but I, I believe it's, it just works for everybody because we're all kind of unique in our own ways. We're all, we're all human. We all have the same mm-hmm. brain element. Oh, most of us have brain elements. The same yeah. elements or parts of our brain. So there's not that much difference other than how we kind of react to the world and talk to ourselves and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So this idea of um, four archetypes, trying to get a concise kind of... Well, go back to that. This one? The, I think that will be fine. All so right. you've just got the... The graph. So yeah. it's basically we all think of ourselves as us. Mm-hmm. You are Sarah, for yes. example. But there's kind of... We have different personality types that we tap into in different environments and things like that because mm-hmm. we can't... I think we mentioned it last week actually about um, being yourself and people are 
fake in different situations and putting in an act and that sort of thing. Yeah, being like a version of yourself depending on who it is that you're interacting with. Yeah, so this hmm. concept is basically trying to, to trying to express that there's kind of four elements to everybody, four archetypes. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of understand that and you can you can start realizing what archetype you sort of default to in different situations and which ones you might be neglecting, which ones you might be giving too much power to mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, so the concept is there's four archetypes. There's one called the sovereign who is based around motivation, leadership, blessing. Um, the gateway emotion is joy. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the lover, which is about connection and uh, feeling sensuality, um, which is basically just like a caring, nurturing kind of element. Mm-hmm. You have the warrior though, who's about accomplishments and boundaries and protection and essentially just fighting. Mm-hmm. And then ma- magician who's kind of about guidance and bigger picture and detaching from um, things that aren't necessarily important and kind of just seeing the joke in the world, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times one of these archetypes is kind of ruling most of what you do and who you are and how you present yourself to the world. Like a default archetype yeah, in a way. Yeah, so if you can yeah. kind of no, – I've got to spend more time learning about it, but it, it kind of makes sense because – I'm kind of all over the shop. I'm never the same person that I am here with you on the pod mm-hmm. um, or when I'm with friends or in, in a, some sort of work environment or whatever, and I'd imagine the same for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just an interesting concept. I'm trying to find something a bit more kind of concise. Maybe maybe search, like type in Tony Robbins afterwards so just get his version of it. Well, he's just um, – he would have learnt from one of his mentors and kind mm-hmm. of he's uh, distilling it down. But – you kind of have to realize what the archetypes are to begin with and then work on them to have them work in a, an efficient way. So, for example, this one here is showing um, the like the the, um, the sovereign, which is basically your king and queen mentality, someone that's trying to like govern and do what's best for the people and yeah. try and provide. So there's kind of three elements to this triangle. If you're just listening, you can watch the, the video version on YouTube and Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, so the king and queen, like what is a king? You watch Game of Thrones or something. You can have the evil one that's like a tyrant. Yes. Putting their foot down, not really giving much leeway or compassion to the people in their world. Mm-hmm. Then you can have the weakling who kind of surrenders to everything. Yeah. And then this is kind of showing that those two are like basically like, like uh, what would be the word? Like a, just a... Like aspects or? Well, just like a, an undeveloped version of what you could be. Right. So this is saying once you have a healthy ego, you can kind of move out of those mindsets to become the mature one that everybody loves, but you're not a tyrant, you're not a weakling. Yeah, you're like that good combination of like obviously you're strong and stern enough, like a tyrant would be like he's taking the best aspects of those and kind of like eliminating the, yeah, the bad. Which takes time and it kind of requires knowledge of the other archetypes. Mm-hmm to talk to it and feed into it in order to like elevate to basically your higher self in yeah. that archetype. And I can see how that would like tie into leadership, right? Because like you can't be a tyrant if you're a leader. You've got to be humble. You've got to be all those aspects. You've got to be firm but fair. You can't like, you know, crawl over. You've got to stand up for what you believe in. Makes sense. So it's just saying here to develop into that higher place, you have to, mm-hmm. you know, make peace with people. You have to examine your inner throne. So basically – um like, Self-reflection and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You have to be humble. Give to mm-hmm. others. You have to have a purpose. You have to fight for your purpose. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting how it times into like mindset and mentality, self-awareness, things like journaling and just trying to unlock your downfalls and then try to move past them. Mm-hmm. Super interesting to me. 
And then same goes for the warrior. You can be the sadist who like, you know, loves just being a nasty person. Yeah, loves the drama, you know, loves that chaos. And you can have the masochist who like, um, you know, d- dares not have his own opinions, not to defend what he believes in, kind of just is like a, a pushover almost. And then you can mm-hmm. overcome those to become a more mature version of the warrior who's mm-hmm. f- basically fighting for good in your world, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this is, you can go on and Google this and find a bunch of uh, articles and things, but super interesting insight and it's something I'm always trying to learn about downfalls in our own way of thinking and trying to understand what little tools are out there, what philosophies and psychology has been developed by people hundreds of years ago that stood the test of time that I'm just unaware of yet. Yeah. And you can take insights from and implement into your life to just remember when you're in like a dark moment or a troubling moment to like tap in and realize, oh, there's way more to this situation than what's right in front of my eyes. Yeah. And then just applying that knowledge to the situation to make your life better for yourself or for others. Yeah, it's being like, look, I can't be the magician right now in this scenario. I need to be the warrior in this scenario. Like those aspects of a magician ain't going to help me right now. So then I need to, you know, level up or just be a different version so then I can overcome this obstacle or I can help those people around me. I guess just recognizing, I guess, what mode or like what type of person you kind of need to be to be able to, I guess, succeed in whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah, so I know Carl Jung is globally known as like one of the goats in terms of this world of um, just personal understanding and everything like that. So mm-hmm. definitely something I'm going to look into a bit more. Um, but if you just want to get a, a fundamental understanding, obviously a good old infographic on Google Images will help. Mm-hmm. This is kind of showing like a simple quadrant version of... Oh, yeah, the whole masculine, feminine energy kind of thing because you can be all of that. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Different different times require different modes or personalities. But then mm-hmm. there's this article here kind of talking about um, oh, what does that have to do with business? business. Yeah. Um, so, for example, Apple is a combination of innovation and good design. So, the magician and the lover. So, innovation is like the magician, like being the smart, strategic one, and the lovers talk, like trying to make it feel good for you, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, just British Airways might be seen as a combination of nurturing lover and the efficient warrior. Um, so, it's kind of having a balance. Of all of them. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you got so sovereign is about understanding. So you really need to understand what it is that you're creating. The magician's about design. So kind of like that freedom, that creativity, that mystery. Warrior is about implement. So like getting shit done, essentially. And then lover is about operating, making a cohesive kind of communication environment, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it could, I guess, tie into, I guess, relationships. It can tie into business. It can tie into like everyday life. It's just knowing what each of these different like personality aspects and what traits they can bring that's going to benefit yeah, you or yeah, yeah. your environment. Well, we've had this conversation before. We're very different people and we try and we do a lot of things together. We do the podcast. We do videos. Sometimes we have business together, relationship. And not to like put you down or anything, but like you're not the type of person that's trying to think outside the box and trying to find ways to innovate or improve or anything. You're kind of the person that will sit back and help make things happen, kind of like the co-part. And we've talked about this before. I think I can't remember what book it was. It's got the idea from, what's it? Not Deep Work. I think it might have been Deep Work or something like that or, mm-hmm. um, about the difference between an innovator and an implementer. Uh, we talked about this before. No, I think it's like a Gary V thing we're talking about potentially. Innovator, implementer. I think, and the, just the balance, the like, kind of the yin and the yang. Yes. Um, yeah, because I'm very much like in my 
role at work, I'm a, I guess you could say like sovereign, right? And then at home, or, and then very much like the lover sort of scenario where you're very much like magician and warrior in a way. Was it deep work or mate time? I think it might be mate. I think it might have been mate time, potentially. But basically, we can't both be doing everything. We have to like realize our own strengths and own weaknesses yes. and then, um, you know, act accordingly. Are you an innovator or implementer? Innovation is necessary to solve problems. I'm trying to find, I can't remember. I've got notes about this on my phone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Goals with innovation. Uh, okay, we're just we're stuck <laughs> in a LinkedIn portal here. Oh, no. But basically, what I'm trying to say is, like looking at this graph here, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like in that magician to warrior mindset a lot of the time. I'm always trying to think, how can I improve? How can I improve? Like what can be implemented? Mm-hmm. What can be improved? Where's the innovation? How can it be more efficient? Design, 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 design. Mm-hmm. And then I implement a lot of it, but like I lean on you to do other aspects. And you're like, I would say you're in between like implement and operate kind of mindset mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And then I'm the front to, I try and understand the problem and then design a solution and you're kind of implement and operate. We had this conversation last night. You're always willing to help. You never say no. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll help. Yeah, I'll help. Yeah, I'll help. So it doesn't feel like it sometimes, but like you're a warrior a lot of the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could see that because I'm not, not re or I'm pretty much like reacting to the scenarios, right? You're like, you're, this is the problem. All right. Okay. Let's try and fix this. And I try to like act act upon it yep. in a way um i'm not much of it and we talked about this before i'm not very much like a visionary type thing like I'm- visionary that's the word what visionary and implementer was what i'm trying to search for not, yes not an innovator I'll, I'll find it now keep, keep talking <laughs> um uh, yeah because you're very much like big ideas all that kind of thing and i kind of struggle with that like the creativity aspect of it and i'm very good at like being like okay that's a problem all right these are the tasks that we need to do to make sure that we get it done essentially so yeah yeah like it's yeah, very very different in the way that we kind of think and the way that they operate, but it balances it out because you're you come up with the big ideas and stuff, and you necessarily you like you like all right, these are the processes, but you get so busy sometimes that you need someone to come in and be like, yo, we're doing this, remember? And we kind of like help keep each other on track. Yeah, I got all the words jumbled. It's uh, integrator, not implementer. <laughs> integrator and visionary, mm-hmm. um, and it's like it's a classic kind of business type of. Um, what would you call it? Like hierarchy like, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just understanding where you operate from mm-hmm. innately, naturally, um, and then once you understand that, you can start to identify what your your partner or other people in your business or life, what kind of stance they're going to default in and, and live live by and make decisions from that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and then it kind of takes the pressure off and takes the expectations out of it because you know like the person is probably going to more than likely uh, like respond in this mode where they naturally operate from so like Mm -hmm. me thinking there's going to be a different outcome is kind of i'm trying to getting my get ahead getting ahead of myself or expecting some outcome that is probably not likely going to happen unless we kind of frame it differently Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so once you start to understand more about this and it's just psychology personal development stuff 100 then you can your expectations are lowered, which means you're probably gonna be more grateful and more open to different responses. Mm-hmm. Kind of just interesting to to think about because it means there's still a lot of things out there that we need to learn about ourselves and the people we're working with and living with and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, with the 
the more the the more understanding that you have, I guess, the more efficient you're going to be. Like if you're just walking around, head in the clouds, um, not really paying attention to anything and just kind of like constantly reacting to the environment around you rather than stopping and thinking and reflecting, then like it's there's going to be no growth. You're just going to stay the same. So it's that self-reflection and it's that, yeah, evaluation on a regular basis kind of helps you be like, hmm, something's not right. All right, well, something we'll implement for next week and go into warrior mode for is getting next week's episode up, yeah. as we always do. Mm-hmm. We always do. I know, we're determined. We're going to get this we're done. Lovers. We're kind of lovers at the same time, Yeah, technically. We're all aspects life, of that. With, with us to you guys as well. <laughs> we're all aspects of that. All trying our best to be yeah, every week. Yes. Yeah. There'll be no magician, no uh, magic acts, no disappearing. We'll be back. (laughs) We will be back. There'll be no lost footage or anything like that. No, don't say that now. (laughs) Sorry. Don't want to predict the future again. All right. right. Thank you, guys. Put those lotto numbers in, and Mm -hmm. we'll see you in the winner's circle next week. Bye. Bye.